You're listening to the Laugh Factory Podcast Network. For more shows, visit the podcast page at laughfactory.com. It's the after laugh, after laugh. Welcome to the after laugh, after laugh, after laugh. After laugh, man. <laughs> Go ahead, pull up a chair. Hey, guys, welcome to the after laugh. I'm excited today. Have my buddy Joey Medina with me. What's up? What's up, man? I've known you for a while now, huh? Yeah, yeah. We've known each other for a real long time. At least, at least maybe, gosh, 12 years when I first came here. Yeah, yeah. Um, when did you do, now, Now, I mean, you're, you're, pretty, you're a well-known comic. Mm-hmm. It's always weird. As, I don't know if people are famous or well-known. But your, your breakout was the uh, original Latin, Latin Kings of Comedy. Yeah, right? yeah. Now, and you were the youngest one in that crew. Yeah, right? I was, actually. How did that come about? Long story. Um, got a podcast, so go for yeah, it. Okay, good. No, no. Um, the way it kind of started was I met Paul Rodriguez in Tucson, Arizona. He was working doing a gig. What year was this? Do you remember? Uh, oh shit, man! I was uh, I was an opening act still, so it was like so. This he was huge though. Yeah, he was huge. This was his, like his prime. Yeah, we did seven sold out shows, and um, they asked me to come in, and I was so excited. I'm like, oh my god, I'm going to be opening up for Paul Rodriguez, and you know, and he. Of course, blew me off right away when I said hi. <laughs> but um, but uh, he's like, "You're not a hot girl." Moving yeah, on. Yeah. So, uh, but he was really nice to me, and afterwards, and then he actually found out the they only paid me like fifty bucks just to to for, that was it. I got paid fifty bucks to do seven shows with him. What? It was Laughs Comedy Club. Gary Jesus. Bynum. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it was. And I remember Gary telling me, "You should you would have done it for free." I'm like, "Yeah, but that's not the point," yeah. you know. But I think I would have done it for free. So. Paul Rodriguez actually gave me a hundred dollar bill. Yeah, and you know when you're an opening act like thirty years ago, you're like, oh my god, that's great, right? And uh, I remember I said, I'll never spend this, and of course, right away, I had to. <laughs> I have to eat, right? So I had to spend it. But um, I became friends with his manager, a guy named Scott Montoya at the time. And, I know Scott. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good old Scott, right? So everybody's got a story about Scott. But um, so we became friends. When I moved to L.A., Scott ended up managing me. So I ended up opening up for Paul a lot. I paid off all my credit cards. I made good money. I was like, man, this is great, man. You know, I became, you know, one of Paul's boys. And, I, I you know, I was working a lot. And then um, the Kings of Comedy came out with, you know, Cedric and D.L. Ugly and, 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 you know, all the other Bernie guys. Mac. Right? Yeah. And that did real well. And then Paul had an idea. He goes, well, let's do the Latin Kings of Comedy. And um, and also, the, the Kings of Comedy is one of the first, from what I remember, one of the first sort of showcase comedy shows that was in the theaters yeah and so was ours yeah so was ours and um so what what we did was we ended up make doing a tour uh, uh with um it was actually george lopez paul rodriguez and um carlos mencia alex Ramundo and i were just pretty much the openers yeah and um but i didn't care we were working we were doing big venues we were doing eleven thousand seat you know we did the arco arena we did and there was uh, another sure never anything like that before yeah there was was nothing like that yeah Yeah. we're it was crazy so then that's when the that's when the the latin keens came to to be kind of the idea and then i guess uh what the what the rumor was is that um carlos mencia was you know i guess said some negative things about paul on radio and he got back to him and then oh, he wow. was out out of the tour do you remember you don't remember anything what it was no i don't remember but yeah, yeah it was you know so. why would he do well who knows why yeah, Carlos yeah, yeah. he does what he does anyway. so um so then the thing was they decided okay we're going to shoot it in 
El Paso, but it wasn't really, it didn't have a name yet because the name Kings of Comedy belonged to a guy named Walter Latham who owned the, the, the whole franchise. Yeah. So Paramount Pictures that, that had um, uh, Kings of Comedy, they came out to El Paso. Walter Latham came out to El Paso and we, we just shot a, a comedy special. Right, that was basically what what it was, and we did uh, um, like a bunch of shows, like four shows or whatever. Where was it? At the Civic Auditorium. Okay. So it was a huge. you know the theater. Yeah, it was great. It was sold out. Every show was sold out. Was George Lopez a huge name at this point? I mean, he was. Uh, he, he was. It was before his TV show. Yeah. So he was a huge name in the, in the Latin comedy circuit. Yeah. But not in the not. He wasn't the George Lopez. As he, he was known now, and then all of us, you know. We did. Everybody did a great job. We we were there for a whole week. We had we had so much fun. We did all kinds of promo and stuff. Paramount Pictures loved it. Walter Latham loved it. So they decided it's going to be the Latin Kings of Comedy. Yeah. And then it was um, everything just hit the fan, man. It was beautiful because it was in the movie theaters. Like literally, our, our the the premiere was in the at the Man's Chinese Theater. Wow. And it was the first time I I watched it sitting in the back. With a real audience in front of us laughing. First time I ever seen that as a comedian, audience watching me laughing at me, and I'm in the back. I'm like, oh my god, this is fucking awesome. Yeah, and um, and it was great. And I remember right at w when it hit theaters, it was um, I would do a show. I, would, I was in Albuquerque one time, and after Albuquerque, I went to after my show, I would go to the movie theater and catch the last showing. Yeah, and you know, and I would watch again, people laughing and everything, and then and then when they would come out, they would see me and they would autographs, and uh, that's, that's when shit hit, started hitting the fan, and I started doing casinos and theaters by myself, and we all started doing real well. You doing your own theater tour? Yeah, yeah. Oh wow, I did my that's own crazy. theater tour, my own casino tour, making shitload of money, which was beautiful. Yeah, and um, and then you know, and then that was it because we kind of broke up after that everybody kind of did their own thing yeah. george got his tv show and he, he didn't need latin kings anymore he just did his thing yeah and then paul you know was always on the road he's still on the road and um and alex was doing his thing and, I, and alex and i were doing a lot of shows together and but then we were doing our own shows yeah know? so and it, was it was probably great. one of those things too like where i think with a lot of different these these uh minority communities hollywood writ large probably didn't realize what a huge fucking market there was for what you guys were doing. It was the most, I forgot the, at, at, at that point, but it was the highest selling DVD in the history. Oh, was, really? Yeah. Wow. And it, it made gazillions of dollars, man. And so you I mean, sell I those it. at the casino? Yeah, I didn't see it. No, but I did. I ended up, afterwards, I ended up bootlegging them because I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't um, at the time, I couldn't. You know, I had obviously a copy, but it, it, they were, you know, it was protected. Yeah. So it was, you know, so I couldn't. I know how to do it, but of course, I went to the alley here in L.A. and they were selling bootleg <laughs> versions, and I'm like, I'll buy it, man. And so I bought one because it was easy. Those were easy to copy. Uh, was it old school where it was a guy with a camera filming the movie? No, no, it was nice. It was okay, a good. Okay. It was a yeah. It was a DVD copy, I guess. Yeah. So yeah. it was a good copy. It wasn't a shitty copy, but um, I kind of had that done. We did a we did a tour in um. At the Apollo Theater, we did the Apollo Theater, and we did two sold-out shows. They were great. And right after our show, we we, we walked out, and people were selling our pictures from on stage. <laughs> and, and I remember Scott Montoya was upset. I'm like, Scott, this is New York, bro. It's an honor. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. people care. Yeah, <laughs> and he was like, like right. I want a cut of it. Yeah, yeah. The other guy was like, Yeah, you can't do that. You can't like, well, dude, don't don't cock block them. Let them do their thing. Yeah. Now, when you watch uh, when you watch the set then, and maybe when you watch it now. 
do you ever look back and go, oh man, I wish I'd done this joke differently. Uh, that bit, I could have done this bit. Do, do you kind of like sort of money morning quarterback yourself? Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah. I think we all do that. Of you course. Know, we do that with everything. Yeah, of you course. Know? And, um, but I do remember this though. I remember after, I mean, once we shot it and everything, you know, it still was a few months before it became known, right? Yeah. But I knew that I had to step it up a notch as well. And I knew that everyone, especially in the Latin community, comic-wise, going to be like, why him? Why is he in it? Blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. So I knew I had to rise to the occasion, you know? And I yeah. had to bring my A game and have to write more and how to write, do better and I had to push yeah. myself and push the limits and, yeah. and, you know, and I did. And that was probably counterbalancing against the... the <laughs> <laughs> the instant fame and all the the women and the parties yeah, and the fun that, times. Those are fun, dude. They were so. <laughs> but it's funny, like we were we were getting invited. You know, I was getting invited to like premieres to uh, Laura Croft, like with Angelina Jolie. Yeah, you know, like she's literally sitting behind me. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and her own movie, and um, and and it was like this is dope doing red carpets and yeah. uh, all kinds of TV shows and everything, and it was fun. But I also knew, um. Enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah, I, I'm. I've never. I've seen people in our industry where they literally think it's going to last forever, or they're so cocky that they think it's going to last forever. I was actually aff- scared the entire time. I was scared that okay, this is going to go away. So I yeah. never really, I never really enjoyed it. It's almost like I had a mm. like a tuxedo that I rented and go. Eh, it's not mine. Like I'm yeah. about to give it back soon. Yeah. So I, I always kind of felt that in that way. But that's probably good because it prepared yourself for yeah. what happens inevitably, which is everything kind of right. gets fades hot away, and right. gets cold and gets hot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a big roller coaster, man. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so was there a moment where you felt like the the capital from that was kind of going away, and you just had to create your yes. own thing? Yeah. And that's when I decided to um, uh, produce a comedy special called Latin Palooza. Okay. And um, what I did was I said, okay, I want to do another Latin Kings of Comedy because I knew we were never going to do it. So um, so I said, I'm going to do something big like that. Yeah. So during that time, Jamie Foxx had a series called Laugh-A-Palooza. I remember that, yeah. Yeah. So what I did was I investigated who who distributed it. It was a company called Image Entertainment out of, out of here in California. Uh, in the LA area, LA area. Well, it was Chatsworth, I think, and uh, so I found out who their who their guy was. Yeah, I set a meet, meeting with him. We went to uh, I think California Pizza Kitchen, and I knew how I was going to sell it. I said, I said I got this project, Latin comedians, that, and and then you know I had my clout from the Latin Kings comedy, so I got the meeting. Yeah, and I go, this is the name, Laughapalooza, right on the shelf next. I mean, Latin Palooza, right on the shelf next to Laughapalooza. Yeah, I sold it like like right on the shelf. That's, right, that's yeah. what I sold it. He goes, great idea, okay, it. perfect. And I sold it for one hundred fifty thousand. He gave me, and I got the money, like most of it up front. And I shot, I shot the show for that. Oh wow! And, um, so you produced the show, found the venue, yeah. and everything. Yeah, yeah and it was shot in Alex Theater in Glendale. Okay, yeah. And it was sold out show, one show, and I knew. I said, okay, because we're going to do one show, they all have to be heavy hitters. Yeah. Because I can't risk having a, a couple of bad sets because yeah. we're going to shoot just one show. So um, it was uh, myself, Alex Fimundo, because he still had the heat from Latin Kings of Comedy as well. Uh, Mike Robles, who just finished you know, producing Que Locos and all those other shows. Willie Barsena, who's great and was on yeah. The Tonight Show a zillion times. And then Darren Carter. And uh, Darren Carter was really great. I didn't know who the next person was going to be. Is and he Latin? 
No, well, a little bit. No, <laughs> no. But what happened was this. What had happened was this. I, I think like a producer. We were doing a, a show in Laughlin, and he opened for Alex and I. Yeah. And he was doing a lot of Latin material. And yeah. Was, and, and the audience was loving it. And I'm like, this would be great. And also it would be great because it's called Latin Palooza. All these Latin people on the title, all these Latin people on the cover. If you have a white guy, people are going to know, oh, okay, it's probably English too. You yeah. know? Yeah, so, yeah. So I, so I asked him, hey, do you want to be on Latin Palooza? I said, but, you know, definitely do the joke about this and the joke about this. And, and he did. And he killed it. I, I literally, I think everybody on the show had... To that point, probably the best set they ever had. Wow! Because it was an amazing energy. I promoted, I pushed it. It was uh, it was me, Alex Ramundo, uh, Willie Barcena, Darren Carter, and Mike Robles. Okay, yeah. So it was five of us, and I hosted the show, and I did all the behind the scenes stuff. We did. I mean, it it was the DVD did real great. CAA picked it up. Um, It was on the end caps, the end the end things of uh, Target. So they. Oh wow! Yeah, they did real good, but it. The reason it didn't get any TV, and the reason it didn't is because that's when people were doing single specials, and um, mm-hmm. the whole group thing wasn't selling that way. But Interesting. DVD, it did great in DVD. And yeah. we did. I did a. I did a huge um, a radio tour like around the country. They flew me over, you know, and we signed autographs. We did all that stuff, and that show got me a radio, my morning radio show in LA. Because oh. I did, uh, there was a new radio co- station called uh, uh, Latino 96.3. And so I go to do, you know, to promote Latin Palooza. That was part of the tour. And little did I know at the time, they were look, they were talking to Gabriel Iglesias and t- they were talking to Carlos Mencia to be part of the morning show. And I didn't know any of this. So I go up there and I know, you know, as comics, we know how to do radio because we do radio every every city we go to. We do a radio interview. We yeah, do, yeah. So we know how to do morning radio, right? So I, I killed it. Like I did it. I did, I did good morning radio. And um, the general manager was listening. So all of a sudden I'm driving home and my manager calls me up and he says, uh, um, hey, they, they want you to come back tomorrow. I'm like, fuck, great. I'll yeah. keep promoting Latin Palooza. That's all I cared about. So when I'm doing it, I realized when I was there... It seemed more like an. It, it didn't seem like an interview. It seemed more like I was hanging out with the morning show. Like yeah, but I'm like it doesn't matter. I, and I, you know I was on. I was doing my thing. So afterwards, um, I, I was there for like two hours. And they, and the, the 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 morning jock that was on, he goes, hey man, they're thinking about asking you to be on the morning show. Wow. And I'm like, nah, I'm good. I don't want to do it. <laughs> so that was it. I said no. I, I didn't know what kind of money they were talking about. Mm-hmm. Anything. I thought it was shit money. Radio used to be fucking great money, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. it was. I didn't know that. Yeah. And I was making good money at the time in comedy. I was making a lot. And and, uh, waking up early after shows yeah, and that yeah. before, yeah. So I go, I go home and they, my manager again called me and said, hey, you know, they're still they're thinking about you doing this morning show. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. But, I'm, but they're like, they want, they like to have you on for a few more days for like maybe about a week every day. I'm like, hey, yes, do that because I want to promote Lampalooza. So I kept on promoting Lampalooza doing it. So I didn't know, uh, you know, I, they would bring me into the office, take me to nice lunch at Houston's. You didn't know that you're being vetted in basically a long ass audition process. Yeah, yeah. But I, knew, I, I knew, but I, I really didn't think I was going to do it. Yeah. So I'll, but I'll take all the perks, right? So yeah. I'm like, I'll take the free lunches and all this shit. So, <laughs> um, so I'm, so um, at the time I had a an, a, a lawyer. So my law entertainment lawyer was handling that. So one time Renee Gar- Renee Gar- Renee Garcia at the time and myself were on the line to Knott's Berry Farm to get in, and the lawyer calls me up. He goes, "Hey man, they're making you an offer." I'm like, "Okay, what is it?" And he tells me the number, 
And I'm like, yeah, that sounds good. And I hung up. I'm like, holy shit, I hit the fucking lottery. What the fuck? And, and Renee and I are jumping around like like we're like like girls. And, and then all of a sudden, the lawyer calls, calls me up five minutes later. He goes, oh, actually, it's this amount. And it was even more. Jesus. Like, this motherfucker. Is and it a year the, contract? Is it was a three-year contract. Yeah. And it was a certain amount. And then the next year was a certain amount. And then the next year was a certain amount. And then um, I'm like, that's the most money I've ever made in my life. Sure. And... um. I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. Matter of fact, we had my first day on the air. We did it at the Laugh Factory. Oh, we had wow. we had the morning show at the Laugh Factory. They had a limousine pick me up at my house, and uh, man, that radio station had good money, man. They oh, treated yeah. me good. Yeah. Anytime I needed to fly somewhere or go, so they, they would. It was it was great. That's insane. Um, yeah, I had an expense account. It was ridiculous, dude. I would, I would, I would drink at a club somewhere in like Century City, and I'll just go to the hotel and put on my expense account. They were fine with it. Yeah, they didn't yeah. care, and it was fun. And the only, the only one of the negative things though was um, because I was on the radio. And dude, they did a, they did a. It was like a, I think it was a three million dollar billboard campaign my face was everywhere it was on buses wow. it, was, it was on the trains it was at the train station i mean the it face of billboard like in hollywood is, oh, is yeah. like yeah. a big deal well check this out I'll, I'll, I'll backtrack a little bit right before that i was trying to get a pa agent and i couldn't get a pa agent i was getting a lot of work but i didn't have a pa agent and a public appearance agent and um i was calling everybody nobody was nobody was like i'm like all right cool but i was getting a lot of work so it wasn't a lot of pressure but the second those billboards came up Everyone and their mother called me. Every eight people I didn't know managed every. And you know what I did? Because I always knew I go. Every, they, they, everybody loves when the spotlights. Are. And I took. I, I ended up signing with Gersh. But even when I knew I was signing with Gersh, I ended up. I took lunch with everybody. Yeah. And they took me to Dantana's. They took me here. They took me there. That's when. That, that's uh. That's when uh. Um. Jamie took me to to the palms yeah, you yeah. Know? And, and i'm having lunch with everybody and i'm like can i i'm like hey hey you weren't calling me before but now you're calling me i'll take the i'll of take course, it let's do course. it so um yeah so anyway that that happened with that but it was great man i had a morning show. oh but what but another the, one of the negative things was every because i was doing i was on the radio and it was a huge thing everybody and their mother who had a, a room called me up asked me to do it and i didn't want to be the asshole to say no because yeah. i was on the radio so i was saying yes to everybody and you know normally i was waking up at four in the morning jesus and i was doing these gigs at 12 at night i would literally pull over sometimes in the middle of the night driving home because i, w I was falling asleep yeah one time i had a um in my mercedes i i almost hit this this thing and on the, the medium and i was like i was like, woke me up and i pulled over i fell asleep and and it was just so i ended up getting an apartment right next to the radio station so i had a house then i had an apartment paula status <laughs> then, yeah i bought my mama house it was that's, good. that's the fucking it thing was good that. when it lasted but um uh yeah so it was it was fun man it was fun but yeah i didn't want to say no to people because i didn't want to be a dick so after three years was it uh did you have an opportunity to renew, or was it an option that you were thinking What had about? happened was... What happened was... Um, it was during that uh, recession, man. 2008. Yeah, 2007, 2008. Yeah. 2008. And um, a lot of people don't know this, but the biggest sponsors for radio stations are car dealerships. Like, Toyota gave me a, a free lease. Yeah. Uh, um, it's a convertible, brand new car, just to drive it for free. And because um, they were my sponsor. And... And that's when they were going bankrupt. Remember, they had to be bailed oh, out and yeah, everything. So yeah, they yeah. radio all over the country. Like Big Boy was doing the morning show, his morning uh -huh. show. He got a big pay cut. He didn't get fired. He got a big pay cut. 
I don't know if you remember this in LA. There was a guy named Cucuy in the Mañana. It was a Spanish. He was actually the number one show in LA. It was a Spanish show called in the Cucuy. And the same owners that owned his show owned ours. And that guy was getting paid like two million a year, and they Jeez. fired him. And he was number one in LA, number one. Wow. And that's so when he got fired, I told my team, I'm like, I'm next. Yeah. And they go, no, no, we're we're because we tied we tied power. Yeah. So we we went all the way from nothing. And in in the two years I was there, we went all the way up to number four with, to with power at the time. Yeah, and um, I'm like, they go, no, no. I'm like, dude, it's like, oh, they, they fired Kukui. Yeah, he's number one. <laughs> <laughs> We're number four. <laughs> so, um, so you know, shortly after that, the general manager brought me to the office, and they fired a lot of people before me. Yeah. Um, and he goes, hey man, we're gonna have to let you go. I'm like, fuck. I go, how about if you give me half? Like, I was thinking. <laughs> uh, so they gave me a big severance severance pay, which was yeah. great. Yeah. Um, uh, that helped a lot, but I was in shock, man. I was yeah. like going, and then and because I wasn't doing a lot of road gigs because it was just hard for me to to go on the road working this much. Then it was like out of sight, out of mind again. And I'm like, oh, now I got to get back on the road, and it's like, yeah. oh. And I remember I was panicking, like internally I was panicking, and um, and that's when I met Russell Peters, and Ru and we were talking, and 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 he goes, hey man, open for me in Houston, and I went, well, yeah, right, and I ended up. Working with him in Australia and Asia, and we went all these other places. And, and a lot and of people know this in the comedy world, but like Russell Peters is one of the few headliners that really pays well. Yes, he pays and treats well. And treats well. Like a, a lot of headliners bring their openers. Like, hey, I can get anybody. So here's two hundred fifty dollars for a theater show. Right, right. And Russell, I, I opened for him uh, a couple times, but I remember it was it was at Hard Rock in Fort Lauderdale. And it was like, I said, I'll fly you out, give you 1500 Is that okay? I'm sorry I can't do more. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Dude, I wear, I'm not going to mention name. He was on Saturday Night Live. And um, I was doing a, a show in um, Vegas. He's, he's doing the theater next to it the next day. And, um, and um, he's like, he goes, he asked for, can I do a guest spot? I'm like, yeah, dude, duh, of course, right? Do the guest spot. So he goes, hey man, uh, I'm I'm doing the show tomorrow. You want to open for me? I'm like, yeah, man, no problem, you know. So I stayed an extra day, and didn't give me, a, didn't offer me a penny. Now I what? still not a penny, not one penny. Now I still would have done it. I didn't care. Yeah, I didn't ask. Hey, how much? I had nothing. I did it. But in my did mind, you do too well, and he was pissed. I did something? really well. Yeah, but I don't think it was that's the reason. I just think he, he probably thought, eh, he's you know, it's a he should be honored to be opening for me, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if that's what he thought. I'm just assuming. But um, yeah, I thought that was odd. That, that that was a little strange. Have you seen him since then? Yeah. <laughs> you ever I, go? Hey, you know what? Yeah, I was actually. Oh well, okay. So check this out. So then he tells me, he's like, he's like, hey man, I'm doing a sitcom. He goes, I would love for you to be in it. And so we exchange phone numbers. I'm like, dude, I got this guy's number. It's great, right? And um, so like two months later, it's like a Sunday. I get called up. I get a call from him. So I answer. I'm on. I mean, the supermarket. I'm like, hey, brother, what's up? He goes, Hey, um, can you can you be can you come to Orlando? In this was Sunday. He goes Tuesday. We're shooting Tuesday. So that means I would have had to leave the next day. So I had to yeah. buy my own ticket to Orlando, Florida, <laughs> like overnight, like the next day, 24 yeah. hours. And I'm like, Sure, I'll do it. And I did. It was an expensive ass ticket, but I'm like, You know, it's an opportunity. I don't. It, yeah, whatever. Got to do. We got to do. And um, so I'm flying there. I'm flying there, and um, he. I'm looking. I'm looking at the script they sent me, and it, it wasn't. 
any characters that he said. He said something, I'm like a day laborer or a worker or something. I'm like, all right, right. But, I, but the script they sent me had this gay character <laughs> that was hilarious. And so when I, so then when I got to Florida, I got the new one. And it was literally one line. All I had was one line. I'm like, oh, shit, all right. So I get to set the next day. And he's really cool, and he's like, "Hey, man, you want me to make you espresso? Like, we're 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 shooting on location at a, at this house." And I'm like, "Yeah, dude." And they they putting me in my little day laborer uniform, and um, and then I'm going, "Hey, who's playing that 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 one character, that Mauricio character?" And he's like, "Oh, we haven't booked that yet." So I, I did something similar on a Roseanne show, and so I I found it on YouTube, and I showed him, and he's like, "Oh man, I wish I would have seen this." So he goes, "Come over here, come, let me let me." My, his wife was on the show, but his wife was also uh, executive producer. So he didn't even introduce me to his wife. He just, we walked up to his wife. He showed her the video and she goes, oh my God, that's Mauricio. So he just turns around and he goes, all right, you're fired today. You come back next week. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, thanks. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. they gave it to, they put somebody else in that part. And, and, and then, uh, so I spoke to the producer and I'm like, uh, hey, you guys going to fly me in next week? Yeah. He goes, Jesus. yeah, yeah, we're going to fly you. Don't worry about it. I'm like, oh, thank God. All right. So yeah. yeah, they paid me regular, you know, and they. And, and this you know, is the, the pilot regular, episode? Uh, no, this was, it wasn't a pilot episode. Oh, this it, was, was, it was on the series. Yeah, yeah it was on the series. Okay. Yeah. How long and, did you do that before? I just I just one show I just okay. did one show yeah um, but it was a main part a, a yeah major part and yeah. uh, um, it was great man it was great it was yeah. fun you know yeah. and uh, yeah it, it was fun did you like the sitcom world because a lot of some comics love it and some comics are like ugh I I I love it in the sense that I know what it does yeah you know what I mean I know what it does for us you know I actually shot my own pilot I was um I remember um I was going through a real down part my career and my life i was poor and this was not too long ago and um i was i was living literally in the guest house of george gray who's the who's the announcer on the price is right mm-hmm. he's a really good friend of mine and um you know he took pity on me and uh he's like hey just live here so i lived in his house for like two years for you free like kato yeah, I was I was his kid. That, that's why I used to tell him I'm your Kato. I'm like, dude, but if you kill anybody, I ain't saying shit. Don't worry about it. I, I know who's feeding me, man. So, uh, so I, I was really depressed. I'm, so not, then I was watching one of the shows I love to watch was uh, Louis Louis C.K. show, right? Yeah. And I was watching an interview with Louis, and Louis was talking about how he um, he was speaking to the people, I guess, at FX or whoever it was, and they gave him like 200 grand to shoot his own show. And now he writes, produces, directs. Edits, does Craft all service. That. Yeah, yeah I mean, he does everything, right? So, and I remember thinking to myself, oh man, I wish I could do that. Then I go, wait a second, I can. And then I have all this equipment. I've done, I'm like, you know what, fuck it. Yeah. And so in two weeks, I wrote a script, a pilot script for me. And it kind of was basically loosely based on what was happening in my life back then. Somebody who was doing really, really well and then now wasn't. Yeah. But yet had to also keep the appearances because people don't know that. People, there's, no. people Once people see you as up, they think that's always that yes. way. They don't understand you have bad days. They don't yeah. understand you have bad years, you know. They, they, they just don't get it. And I get it. I don't, you know, I, told, I went from a Mercedes to a Prius, you know what I mean? Yeah. To, so I get it, right? So, um, but, um, so I, I put all that in the show and then I borrowed $4,000 from somebody who uh, hired me to direct the film. And they couldn't produce the film. They just it didn't have the, the right money for it and everything. But we were buddies. And I'm like, hey, would you like to be executive producer on this project? Loan me four grand. I'm going to shoot it. Now, 
I budgeted four grand, but I, I didn't know how I was going to do it for four grand. But I kind of knew and I kind of did it. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to just shoot it around here. I'm yeah. Gonna do this. And I did it. And the pilot looks fucking amazing. And um, I was really impressed with my. Russell Peters was in it. He let me shoot in his house. Wow. I shot. Uh, I shot. Um, uh, George Gray's house with George Gray. George Gray played himself. Um, Russell played himself. It's kind of like a curb your enthusiasm type of style. Yeah, yeah. It was single camera style. Um, I was more, more of the straight man. Everybody else around me was like George's character was really funny. He was he was himself, except he was into old women. That's why he was on The Price is Right. So like he had so the scene that he's in, he's in the pool wearing a thong, and he's like all these old chicks are around. Him. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's really funny. And um, George is great. I love George to death. And um, so anyway. It was a, it's a really well done pilot, and it did not look like it was four thousand. It looked a lot bigger. Yeah. So I sent it to a producer friend that I know just to have to see what you know what he thought, and he looked at it and he he called me and he goes, "Hey, let's just come into my office, have a little meeting." I'm like, "All right, cool, cool." And uh, he goes, "He goes, what you?" He goes, "What you? Uh, what was your budget? Like two hundred grand on this?" I'm like, are you fucking kidding me, bro? I did this for four thousand dollars. He goes, "What?" I go, "Yeah, this for." He goes. He goes, uh, he goes, that's how you can sell this, bro. And then he goes, uh, okay, I'm, I'm producing this game show. Do you want to write for it? I'm like, yeah. So it, even though I did it to get me out, to get me back on the, on the swing of things and, and take me out of poverty, yeah. right? Um, it, it did it not the way I wanted it. Like I wanted to sell it and I didn't get to pitch it to anybody. He got, I got a job right away. And um, I'm like, okay, it worked. So yeah. it's kind of like what happened with the radio station. I did Lampalooza to do something else. It didn't accomplish what I wanted. It accomplished a yeah. lot, but it didn't accomplish what I wanted. But he got me this radio show, which was amazing. Yeah. I did, uh, I did a, it's called Man of a Funny Age. Um, uh, the show I did, and it didn't get me that to be aired anywhere, even though I still have it and I can still push it. But it, it got me another show on television. So yeah. It's it's you know it's, it's funny how I just think in this business, in any I think show business in general it's like maybe in life really is like momentum brings momentum. Yeah, for sure. Work begets work. Yeah, yeah. and, and, and I think that's that's just the way it is, and, and that's when, one of the reasons I'm doing all the things like you know yeah. we did together. Well, that's so. what we're talking about too. So like, what when was your transition? Because I always think it's a good idea. Um, if you're a creative person. I think sometimes a lot of creatives like they, they think I got to be in front of the camera all the time. Right. Think that that's the only way they're going to like you know get their nut, uh, scratch that mm -hmm. itch. And uh, if you're creative in front of the camera, you can be creative behind the camera. And a lot of times the thing is a lot more rewarding. Right. But people for some reason they don't see that because they get caught up in the idea of the fame and whatever. Um, but what was your transition into being a, a director? Well, to be honest, that actually happened before comedy. Yeah. And. Um, it didn't really take place until after comedy, but it took, when I was a little kid, the way it first started is um, in fifth grade, I had this teacher named Morris Charnow. That was his name. And what he did was he, one day he put on the Super 8 film mm -hmm. that he did the, with the class the year before, which was like a parody of Batman. And Super 8 didn't have, there was no sound, you know, it was all shitty. And I remember, you know, he did it with his class. And, and I remember watching this little film, my mouth like dropped, and all I could think was, I want to do that. Yeah. But it wasn't, I want to be in front of the camera. Like, I, I didn't want to play Batman. I don't, yeah. I wanted to make that film. Yeah. I wanted, I, I, and that's all I knew. It was like, I want to do that. So, like, in seventh grade, I, I bought a, a projector, a Super 8 camera, 
and a screen from my shop teacher for 50 bucks. And it was all stolen. It, it was all Board of Education yeah. on it. But I didn't know. I'm just, I, <laughs> I bought it from my shop teacher for 50 bucks. And I made a little King Kong parody movie, right? And I loved it. And I wasn't in it. It was, I got, you know, my little, my families and friends to, to, to be in it. And I just was the director. I didn't know that's what it was called. I didn't know I wanted to be a director. I yeah. just knew I wanted to make a movie, right? Yeah. So, so then I just thought, yeah, you know, when I get older, I'm going to make movies. I'm going to do all this. And, uh, you know, I want to do that and stuff. But then I got really heavy in boxing, and that's that I just focused on boxing. Forgot about movies, and that was it. So your dream was to be a professional boxer for yeah, a while. Yeah, yeah. That was that was my own my one and only dream. And then, um, but I always loved filmmaking and stuff. I loved movies. I loved all that. Then I got into comedy. Uh, so I got into comedy. I was living in Tucson, Arizona at the time. Then I, 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 like about a year into it, I, I decided to move to L.A. So I moved to L.A. I, got a, I bought a laptop with a, a gig that I had. I'm like, oh, I'm going to buy this. And I wrote it. Oh, I'm going to write a script to put myself in it. I'm going to write the script, and I'm going to be the star of the script. I'm going to make this movie and, you know, help my comedy career, right? But as I'm writing this film, I'm realizing I'm not this character. Mm. I, I go, I'm not him. Like, I, I, I don't want to play him. And then I decided I'm just going to direct it. So... I took myself, I gave myself a cameo, a little, little cameo, but I, 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 I did, and then I actually made the movie. Um, it was, it, it was horrible. It's called El Matador. You can see it for free it's on YouTube. Yeah, it's a feature. And uh, it was horrible and great at the same time. <laughs> if, if you're drunk, if you're high, watch it and you will love it. <laughs> um, it Paul Rodriguez is in it. Alex Ramon is in it. Uh, Emilio Rivera from uh, Sons of Anarchy is in it. Gabriel Iglesias is in it. That was the first movie he ever did. Was in that he was in that. Um, Felipe Esparza is in it. Martin Moreno, a whole bunch of cats, yeah. right? Uh, Benny Mena, whole, uh, like everyone I knew was in the in the movie. Um, and I sold it for like double what I made it for. And and, I, and then it's funny when I was doing the credits, I'm like. Oh wait, I was also the producer. Yeah, I never would be a producer. Sounds boring. I don't be a producer, right? <laughs> but I'm like, oh wait, I'm a producer too. Okay, so now I know what a producer. I wrote it, directed, and produced it, right? So I'm like, okay, cool. So I did that, and then um, you know, and then I just really was focusing the comedy. So I was only just doing my comedy, but but then uh, when when I was on when I was doing the radio show, I ended up meeting this this girl group, and I did their music video. And um, I remember thinking I really want to direct. And then I started pushing myself more and more, buying my own equipment and doing stuff. And um, and then just doing it more and more seriously. So I, I, I did a few music videos. I did a couple of shorts. Um, and then my thing is this. I, I don't shoot as much as other people or as consistently as other people. So I always make sure everything I do is better and better every time by yeah. big amount. And uh, my goal is always to look, I want it to look a certain way. And, and so, I, you know, I just ended up hooking up with good people. I ended up one time I, I want. Oh, and another thing was when you when a, when a comedian tells people he wants to be a director, they expect them all to do just comedies and they yeah. don't take them serious. Yeah. So when I decided I want to be be, be be taken serious, I made I decided I'm going to do a horror film. I'm going to do something, and, and not just, you know, uh, 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 you know, coming out, popping out of the bushes kind of bullshit. <laughs> I'm going to make something that's going to make people drop their jaw and go, what the fuck is this? Yeah. So I decided to make this film called The Miss Missing, and it was black and white except the blood. The only thing in color was blood. Yeah. I like that idea, right? I'm like, okay, I, I want to do that. And then um, it's kind of like, it's, it's just a torture film. It's bloody, it's gutty, and and it's like, I remember Willie Barsena, I showed him the, the film before 
it was actually completed and he looked at it and he just looked at me and goes man you must have been in a dark place when you made this <laughs> and I'm like no I, was, I go it was funny I go I just wanted to do the opposite of comedy yeah yeah, yeah. So that, that was one I wanted to do and that, that that actually I won a directing award in a uh, web uh, in a film festival I won best screenplay award wow it was nominated for a whole bunch of sh freaking awards on that um, and you know acting i didn't know who was going to play the lead i knew what i kind of wanted but i didn't know what i wanted um i just knew i wanted somebody different yeah and um i was doing a show one time over at uh john lovitz and there was you know a comic named ron swallow yeah ron's a great guy and so i'm watching him he's just awkward now he looks all handsome and everything but when i when i met him he's this weird goofy awkward dude and i'm looking at him going yeah, I could see that. Like, so I go, hey, man, do you act? He goes, yeah, I can act. I'm like, no, I could tell he can't act already. <laughs> so then uh, uh, he goes, yeah, I did a sketch for my friend or something. like right? So I'm like, look, come do an audition. I'm doing this horror movie. So he did this audition, and he was fucking horrible. And I remember being so disappointed in my mind. I'm going, oh, this guy's horrible. Then I go, wait a second. And then I, go, and then I had him improv some stuff. And I'm like, this can work. Yeah. And I didn't say anything. I let him I go, thank you, man. He went home. And I thought about it for a couple of days. And I go, this can work because he looks so fucking awkward yeah. in front of the camera that I, I, he's more believable. Yeah. He's not acting like he's a serial killer, right? Sure. So I, I gave him the part. He, he goes, man, I thought I did bad. I go, oh, no, you did. <laughs> You're fucking horrible, bro. He goes, well, I go, yeah, but it's going to work. Trust yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And it did. It, he came across perfect. Yeah. Um, I had to work with him more because he wasn't a real trained actor, but he, but, but, but he, but naturally was uncomfortable and it looked great. And um, then I put my girlfriend's ninety-two-year-old grandmother in it to make it even more weird. And it was, and uh, yeah, it was a it was a good little fourteen-minute movie, and it, it yeah. did real well for me. <laughs> Do you get to sell it? Uh, I didn't sell it. Um, I I I got other work from it, and I did stuff. But it was—it's hard to make money from a short film. Yeah, for sure. But it's easier—it's easier to finance a short film. Yeah, you know. And um, on that one, no one got paid. No crew, nobody. And I—I—it I, was shot in one location, and all I did was I paid for for props and blood and all that kind of stuff, and um, you know, and food obviously. But uh, it was fun, man. It was uh, it was it, it, it taught me a lot because on that show I did everything. I edited it. I cut it. I, I mean, I, I shot it, I, I lit it, I did all, I did, I designed the special effects, I did all of that. Yeah. And I wanted to do that. And, and when I did my pilot, that's one thing too, I said, I'm going to sell it because I want people to go, this is the poor, Louis, poor man's Louis C.K. He's, he can, because everybody, every comic has an idea, right? Yeah, every actor sure. has an idea. But I wanted to show, look, I can write, produce. Now, I didn't, they don't have to hire me for that. They could get somebody, I don't care. But I want them to know that I'm capable of doing it. Yeah. So that's why I wrote it, directed, and produced it. And edit. Even though I hate editing, I can, I'm a good editor. I'm just very slow. Yeah. Because I, I don't edit a lot. I don't like it. It's pissing me off when I edit. But, but, I, but I know how to edit because it's, it's my vision. So it's easy yeah. for me to edit in that yeah. sense. Um, yeah, so that's how that happened. Yeah. <laughs> And so, which, you know, leads, so you, and you were doing shorts. How many features have you done? Um, I've only done one feature, believe it or not. But I've yeah. done uh, a handful of shorts, a handful of music videos, a bunch of little sketches. Um, and I've, I've worked on other people's projects and stuff. So when did the idea, because uh, this is leading to this, me and Joey did a short together. That yes, we did. Joey wrote and directed, produced. And um, when this idea... And you're the co-producer, man. I'm the co-producer, yes, yeah. Yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the money. Uh, what, what, um, 
where this idea come from because it's 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 an interesting concept. I mean, I guess you can tell that. Yeah, yeah. Concept. Yeah. What had happened was. What happened was. <laughs> it came from uh, two. It, it came about for two different ways. The the, the original concept of it came about. Um, there was a time in my life where it was really dark, bro. Where I wasn't planning to commit suicide, but I was th- thinking it. Yeah. And I remember having life insurance. And I remember thinking, well, if I kill myself, my family can't get my life insurance. I remember thinking that. Yeah. And then, and then I, I, was, I was getting gas like in, in Compton or somewhere. And I remember watching some drug dealers or some thugs or some whatever, gang members, right? And I remember thinking, I bet you if I went up to them and insulted them or hit them or did something, they would kill me. Yeah. But then I thought, wait, what if they don't have a gun? Then, then I started thinking of all this stuff, and I'm like, fuck, it's not going to work. Yeah. And then, you know, boom, my, my gas finished. I'm like, all right, fuck it. There goes that plan, right? <laughs> so I didn't think about it, but the, I didn't think about doing it, but I, I thought of the concept of doing it, right? So that stayed in my mind. I, I never thought about writing a movie like that or, or script like that or anything. Then um, I wrote a script called Philly Delight about a transgender um, drag queen that wanted to commit suicide. It's weird. I'm doing a bunch of suicide shit. And... um. And it was right before COVID. And I was raising money, doing some GoFunding, because I, I was going to need around 10 grand for this one. It was a lot, a lot of moving parts. And, but then when the um, pandemic started and we were isolated, we couldn't do anything, that was out the, out the picture. Because yeah. mo- mo- a lot of locations, a lot of actors, I just couldn't have done it. So I'm thinking, what can I do with two people in one, sp- one place? And then, I don't, I don't know how, but I remembered that thing i'm like okay how about a guy who's wants to commit suicide because he's you know and i'm thinking about this whole concept he's he, his but he has to be killed because if he doesn't get killed or if it's killed it's double the money's doubled and then there was um you know and, and i remember seeing other things like other projects like that so then i'm like okay i started thinking about it, just thinking about it and I, was, I wrote it i'm like okay i can do this so i wrote it really quick like like in a week and i gave it a few people i t- tweaked it i did this that and then um i called my my buddy i'm like but i knew logistically i'm like okay if i'm gonna gorilla gorilla it in an alley it could be difficult it's gonna be hard it's gonna be a lot of makeup involved i need a place little headquarters so we can do the makeup and so i called my friend um i before that i did a short called the lesson with three people in a in a warehouse so i called my friend who loaned me that location uh, gilbert who's a uh, um great guy i love him to death Gil- Gilbert uh, De La Torre uh, and I go listen do you, he had a, he was working at a new place I go is there an alley by your job or anything he goes no but you know maybe you could shoot it here and I'm like oh. I go okay let me google earth it so I google earth it I was looking for an alley around his job and then I didn't see an alley but I saw there was a, some space in between these two buildings so I'm like hmm that's interesting and I called him up well what's in there he goes oh we just keep park our trucks there I'm like can I take a look at it so I went over there and I looked at it. And I'm like, yeah, fuck, this could work. I could dress it up. Yeah. You know, I, I just somehow spray paint it without getting spray. I go buy some spray paint I could erase. I'm thinking all that. I go I make, yeah. put garbage, make it look like a make it look like an alley. So I brought my my DP Steven over there. We looked at it and we talked about oh, he goes, "All right, we could put a light over here. We can put da, 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 da. and I had electricity cuz that room next to us, we mm-hmm. had that that garage type mm-hmm. thing. I'm like there. We, there's a bathroom. You know, there's uh, we can have makeup there. We can do all that. We have the power. I'm like, this is it. Yeah. So that's that's when it was. So I prepared for it, and you know, 
we did it. And then because it was COVID, because it was, it was really hard doing the auditions. Now, when I wrote this, I really wanted the white character to be really tiny and small. Yeah. And I, um, and I wanted the, ca- the black character to be very big. Yeah. Um, matter of fact, um, one of the people I was thinking about for the part in the beginning was Claude Stewart. You know Claude Stewart. Okay, right? yeah. He's a real tiny guy. Yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's weighs as much as my dick. Like, he's really <laughs> little. And, um, but I wasn't sure how his acting was. And, um, but I had him in mind because I, I like that size. Yeah. And, I, and I love him. He's a great guy, too. And then I was, you know, I, I, was, I was talking to Craig Robinson to play the other part. He was really considering it and he couldn't do it. Um, and then I was auditioning people and we were, all, all the auditions were on, you know, self-tape. And, and I hate those. I, I'd rather just be in the room, yeah. Be in the room, feel, feel. So I wasn't finding anything. And then you, you auditioned. And I didn't. I wasn't really sure about you. Only I knew you were a great actor. I just think you were too big for the too manly looking for the part. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No, because otherwise, then I would have had to get a bigger actor. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Even bigger. Um. So, because originally the, the character was going to be thrown around and like like a, like yeah. a rag, you know. But but your audition was fucking great. I was like, oh fuck, man, Bill's really doing great, man. Um, because before I got your audition, I got I got Claude's, and Claude's was fucking great. I'm like he, he came to my house and he auditioned my house, and um, he he way better than I thought. Yeah, and like I literally, I was real smart. I never give. I did it once, and I will never do it again. But I I was almost going to give him the part there at the house. But I'm like, because I still knew yours was coming, and I think a couple other people. And then um, then I saw yours, and I was like, oh fuck, he's so fucking good, man. I go, I just wish you so big. And then I thought, okay. I'm probably going to work harder with Claude than with Bill because Bill is a lot better actor. And I go, I think Bill, you can work with Bill. And and, you, and your audition was great. Um, so then I'm like, all right, cool. And then you turn me on to Eric, right? And then I'm like, I didn't think about Eric at all. Never in a million years I would have even asked him to do it because I didn't even think he could act. And then you showed me that that one th- thing with the N word, right? And I'm like, okay, that, that's funny. <laughs> it was good. I'm like, all right, let's see what he's got. And he fucking did great, man. The audition was great. And more importantly, I love that he wanted it. Yeah. Because that's what I look for. Like, even if I take someone on the road, or I want them to want it. Yeah. Um, because then I know they're gonna give it a hundred percent, right? And um, and then you know, then you guys came over the house. I want to see the chemistry between both of you, and it was fine. And again, I could see that he's really wanting. He was asking a lot of questions. Hey man, whatever you need, ba 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 da da da. And you, you know, you're. And I'm not saying this because you're here. Like I always tell people, you fucking, you're a pro, man. You're a fucking pro, you know. And that's that means a lot for a director or a producer, or anybody doing a film. And um, so it was you guys. And yeah. you know, we did a couple of rehearsals. We did this, and I'm like, all right, well, let's see what we got. What we got. You know, it's funny about that because it. it goes back to Scott Mantoya. So, because oh, he wow, he, okay. <laughs> he was the producer on the show where we did the N word video. Oh, really? That's hilarious. And for people who don't know, so what what happened was what happened was so Pookie Wigington, Chocolate Sunday, shout out to Pookie and Chocolate Sundays. He had a show called the Chocolate Sunday Variety Show on Showtime. Oh, okay. And we shot like the pilot episode, and that was the first sketch in oh, the episode okay this n-word sketch and it was the only thing i was in right. like i didn't get to do stand-up in the right, in the right. special i was like ah oh, fuck this sucks right. um i was like the low man on the totem pole uh and it, and it went well but you know it was fine and the special came out 
didn't generate any buzz. I talked to Pookie. He goes, yeah, man, Showtime might pick it up. There might be more and just nothing. Mm-hmm. And then like two years after that, um, I got a, a phone call from Samson one day. I was in New York doing mm-hmm. a Broadway show. And Samson Kirkman called me. He goes, are you checking out what's happening with on Facebook right now? I go, no. And, and I went and I looked. This this black DJ in Berlin. Oh, wow. He... he, he um, he ripped it. He ripped that scene from the special right. himself, and he put the the banner "How a White Man Says the N Word." Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, or actually, he said the full word. Right, he right. didn't say that word because he's a black dude. He said, it says to, um, and he just posted on Facebook. And that first day, when I looked at it, it had gotten three million views. Holy shit, man! That's in awesome. Just several hours, uh-huh. and I'm going. He's like, he's like, you got to do something about this. Like, I don't know what the fucking. What, what do you? What am I going to yeah. do? So, um. And I thought maybe it was going to die down, but it kept building. And then the next day, it was 8 million views. Wow. And then it was 10. And I was like, what the fuck to do? So um, it, it created this weird uh, sort of fury with, with Scott Montoya, with Taco Sunday, with Laugh Factor, because all of a sudden, they realized, well, we can actually monetize it. So I actually right. told Pookie, uh-huh. I said, look, man, like you can catch the tail end of this lightning just by posting the clip on YouTube. Right. So he posted on the Chocolate Sunday site, and I told Jamie the same thing, and he posted right. on the Laugh Factory site. And those views started like racking up. I think right now at the Laugh Factory site, it's like 16 million or something. Holy but, um, shit, that's awesome. Man. Uh, but <laughs> then I tried to post it on my Facebook, right. and I couldn't because it was watermarked. Right. So I kept going, Scott, can I? I go, I'm not making. I go, first of all, no oh, one knows yeah. I'm, my name in yeah. this. Scott's like that. It's got 100 million <laughs> views on, it was on World Star and all this right, stuff. Right. I go, I'm not getting any name. My name isn't even fucking mentioned. Can I just rip it? Like, quit, quit bugging me, man. Why, 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 why? I go, what the fuck? Then I found out that he actually <laughs> was trying to sue Jamie Masada. Oh, really? About the money for it. Uh-huh. And they worked out some deal. So now they're both make. I don't know how much money you get from 60 million views on YouTube. I'm sure it's more than nothing. More than nothing. More right. than anything I've got because I haven't seen right, a dime right. from it. Um, but what's funny about that is, is so I wrote that that bit. Pookie just said, here's the concept. You're a white guy. You can't say the N-word. So you have your black guy say it for you. Right. So write the sketch. And so they kept rotating uh, different black actors in. And they would always go for the heavy, the big guy, right, right, right. in the middle, who just say, no. Nah. Right, right. And they would get these like huge, big black guys, whatever. And you know, no one knew what the fuck was going on. So people were dropping out and like right. rotating actors. And I remember when Eric came on, I was like, oh, same thing. Oh, he's not big enough. Right, he's right. not really scary enough to me or whatever. And then he did it. And I remember thinking like, there's something about this guy mm-hmm. that's fucking terrifying. Right, right. That's like legit terrifying right, like right. like he's killed a human being before <laughs> you know what i mean there are people yeah, you're yeah, like yeah, yeah. they're small whatever but like hey. you've murdered before yeah, have yeah. You? and i'm not saying he has right yeah yeah but um <laughs> I, but and i remember so when you were looking for someone for this same thing you want to pick i was like man, i don't know there's something about eric and i had eric do my podcast right you know, he was like, he was ru- he was basically running a cartel. I don't know if you yeah. know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had like a real tragedy with his child when mm-hmm. he was running a cartel. His, his two-year-old drowned in a pool. Talking horrible, man. So he, um, and he changed his life around. He's married, four kids, great yeah. wife, happy, great fucking guy. But he has that, you know. And this story that you wrote connects to this stuff. Right. So I just felt like, even if he's not a seasoned actor yet, talking about this stuff talking about your son telling you that you're a great dad knowing that you're doing some bullshit right 
must be such a weird fucking feeling that uh-huh. you, even if you're not even, it's there in the background. Right. It's churning in your brain even when you're saying the lines. And um, and I think, like, like we never talked, I, mean, I don't know if you talked about it during the shoot or whatever, but when I watch the film now mm-hmm. and that monologue where right. he talks about his son, and it was pretty pretty dramatic. Right. It's it's semi kind of big performance, but like underneath it is this fucking like real authenticity. I, I that I every time I see it that makes me emotional. Yeah, uh, uh, cutting that scene. There were people that were like, "It's too melodramatic. Bring it down." There's you know he's he's in the, da, 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 and I was watching. I'm like, I w- I'm like, mm, I can't, no. I'm like. It's, I love it. Like I fucking because I, I believe it. Yeah. Like, when like when, you know, I'm watching him, and there's like there's a pause too. Like there was I think I was telling I told him one time uh, when I was talking to him the other day. I go there's this little pause where he talks about his son. He stops and he he looks around, does this, and then the editor wanted to cut that. He goes let's make a time. I'm like no, 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 that is beautiful. I go he's fucking he's well, he's feeling it yeah i go i want to feel it with him i want to i want to go on this ride with him yeah and um so i'm like every, it stays it stays the only thing I, I think i cut out when he says congratulations when when your character when you tell him that you're having a baby yeah and he says well congratulations i, I cut that out because i wanted him to still be a little harder yeah for sure so um but in that little section i think that's all i cut and um and it, and it proved, you know, one of the festivals that we're in, he ended up winning Best Actor. Best Actor, yeah. And, and I told him, I go, dude, it was fu- it was because of that, your that dialogue speech, about sure. your kid, man. That, that's what sure, you won Best speech. Actor. Yeah. I believed it. I yeah. fucking believed it. Yeah. It's funny because a lot of times you'll get notes for auditions as an actor where they'll say, um, uh, like, we want like Barb and Star goes to Vista Del Mar. Right, right. Right? But we want it real. Like, don't go over the top. Yeah. That's the most over the yeah. fucking top, yeah. goof ass movie in the world. So I'm going. So what they mean when they tell actors don't go over the top is don't be bad and over the top. Right. They want you over the top. They they we're here to watch drama. They want, but if it's bad, it's awful. But one of the things, one of the things that during shooting that I kept on trying to bring him down on was his reaction to his hand because yeah. in the script he breaks his hand. And he was just doing. I'm like in my mind. I'm going. He looks more hurt than than Bill's character, man. So, I was, uh, but so I'm like, just bring it down. And then I'm thinking, well, I'll just fix it in editing because I like we had, you know, we were on the time that scratch. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking a thousand different things, right, in my mind. So when we get into post, it's like I'm, I'm rethinking the movie because I'm watching it. I'm like, how am I going to cut around that? You know, how can I cut with him doing this hand thing? But I want to, sh- I liked it in the beginning when he first hits you. He, he looks at his hand. He does that. He's he's doing that. And I'd rather have that than him forget about it mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. And people are like, well, I didn't know his hand was broken. Yeah. Like, trust me, you know his hand is broken on this, right? So, and he even says it because it's in the lines. But um, but then I'm thinking, no, you know what? I'm, I'm watching this character develop in my own as we're doing it because i'm going he never probably hit anybody yeah because the guy he, he went to college he's doing the, and he fucking hit somebody his hands broken it's like what you know you never be your character was never hit his character never probably never hit nobody so yeah i guess if you do break your hand and i was a professional boxer which i've broken my hand a couple of times fucking that shit hurts man yeah and um and i'm thinking okay because one one of the reasons one of the one of the reasons why the character originally slumps next to you is because he was supposed to be really big yeah it's character and kind of just 
out of breath. Yeah, yeah. And he, you know, kind of, all right, I'm fucking done beating this guy. Let me let me lay down here or sit down here and just take a break. But he's he doesn't look like that. So by him sitting down because fuck I broke my hand I'm like okay I could I could live I could believe that yeah so it was kind of writing itself so I actually used his his not overacting but his overdoing the hand thing in my mind anyway as a rewrite yeah so it worked for me yeah yeah and uh, it, you know it, and it works fine I think yeah and it's it's doing the festival circuit it's gotten to like four or five right now no it's around six or seven six I think we got seven. we got in one more yesterday or today oh okay that's cool yeah yeah um and i've never i've never really had a f- short film do the festival market before I, yeah. I, I don't i don't know i mean are, are festivals are they live now can you go and travel some are them? live some aren't some are hybrid um like the venice film festival wasn't live um but a festival because you really don't make a lot of money in, yeah. in short films but you can but you can get things. I mean, you you know, a short films can be nominated for Emmys, uh, uh, Grammys, Oscars, yeah. uh, Oscars. I'm sorry. And if you nominate for an Oscar, I mean, it, yeah, it, your ticket. You just wrote your ticket, you know. So, um, and hopefully it'll be back when the you know agents will be calling me again. <laughs> so, um, but uh, so I'm inspired to do that. I I want people to see it because I, be, I I I think it's a great project. I think everyone did wonderful in it. Um. And I think it has a good message, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think there was a, a... People told me they got a lot of messages from it. I'm like, good. Yeah. Good. I, I like it. And if it pops for you, it pops for you. It's awesome. Yeah. You know? Um, and, 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 I, and I love the fact that the two lead actors in it are comedians. And, you know, the guy who wrote it, directed, and produced is a comedian. Yeah. And this is such a dramatic piece. And I'm like, I fucking love that. I love that. Because I've always felt comics are some of the best dramatic actors. Or oh, can yeah. be. Yeah, for you know? sure. I mean, depends. But it's a, but be- you can because be- it's... Doing comedy, I think, is hard. Like, when I audition for comedy, I hate it. I hate it. Because it's like, I've got to do their timing. It's Yeah, their you got to be They're, the character funny. Yeah, yeah. And it's... it's I don't want to actually do that. I can be funny naturally, but I, I don't want to be funny like this bob character yeah yeah. i'll be funny like me but if it's a dramatic character i can be dramatic because i'm dramatic yeah you know if you shit if you listen to me my girlfriend i'm dramatic all the (laughs) me we fight all the time and and it's dramatic but it's um um so anyway so i've always believed that so i love the fact that um matter of fact like one of the trivia thing on imdb for beautiful beautiful violence is the name of the film by the way everybody um is the trivia question you know all the films have it's it's that not trivia but it's uh the that the two le- it was the film was made by three comedians and even though it's a dramatic piece so that so I thought that was a cool little, yeah 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 little you know, it's too because in in the I mean it's also just a weird kind of full circle story that I do this N word video yeah. with Eric Blake I know it's weird he says N word for me right and then you I get call to say him it. the N word <laughs> you get you get to say it and what's interesting about that too is is um I was talking to a couple people. I mean, I was never in a place where I was like, should I do it? Right. Because you have completely, you have qualified immunity as an actor. Yes. No absolutely. matter what you fucking do. Right. You could be, you know, executing Jews like, hey, that's right. the fucking role. Yeah, it's the movie. And I'll yeah. win an Oscar. So, um, but there were people, particularly because of BLM, you know, they were just like, man, you don't, I don't, you, oh, this might be, this could be bad. Right. You saying this, like on film, that could be really, and it, and I heard people say that and I just kind of, I don't buy it. Right. Nor, nor do I think that people watching film are going to be like, how 
dare they that actor actor act I think a part. comic saying the a white comic saying the N word on stage right. at this point is pretty it's pretty taboo right because you, you don't know? have to say you it. don't have to I mean I know that Louis C.K. did back in the day and right. Neil Brennan had but even but now it's sort of like you don't you you don't need right. to you don't need to, what what are you going to get other than like oh I'm so edgy that right. I do FYI I'm Puerto Rican so I can say it you can't yeah this yeah. is what are the rules <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um but but like I know that like and the first editor that I, I set yeah, yeah. you up with I know that he was like weird about having his name yeah he didn't attached. even want his name attached to it it's fucking and crazy I was, and, I, and I was okay with it. I'm like cause it, great cause I, less credits like, yeah fine cause you know I ended up giving it to another editor who yeah, because, thank god I, I found like that was a miracle <laughs> that's it was a great, fucking man. miracle and we can say Tommy Wayfield who's actually the he, yeah and he's a great, pop, guy. great he, guy he was a great guy I just think honestly um, I just edit look editors like they're good editors that edit this as editors that edit that is it i just think this might have not been the thing he is great at yeah yeah, yeah. this particular kind of yeah. story and um and it took a while we, you know he's a busy guy i'm a busy guy we do and, and it just it, it was it was gonna take forever yeah yeah um so I, you know, I put an ad out, and I was like, I hate doing Craigslist ads and things, but I found this cat on Craigslist. Yes, wow. And the reason, and I, and I was going to choose these other. There's a girl. I'm like, you know, I'm going to choose a girl. Maybe we'll work with a girl. Then there was this black girl. Oh, maybe a black girl. Yeah. And then, but they, but they were all young. Like, yeah, I can edit. Kind of, it, they were like Tommy's. Like you know, like Tommy was. But yeah. you know, I'm sure they were good editors. But just I don't know. And then this guy was like, I'm a professional editor. Da 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 da. And I was offering very little money because I had no money left for this project. And because um, I paid Tommy exactly what I told him I was going to pay him. Deal's a deal. Um, and the, he goes, I'm also a, a, a sound designer. I'm like, fuck yeah, ding, 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 that's <laughs> it. I get two birds, kill two birds with one stone. Because, yeah. you know, for, for those of you that don't know, it's when you, when you shoot a film, editing and all that's great, but sound is so important. Oh, God, yeah. And if you don't know what you're doing, it, it becomes an ugly mess and you have, you have to fix a lot of things. This guy knew how to do both. So um, I met with him and he, he was kind of, uh, um, kind of not weird, but he was quirky in a weird way and, and like like a nerdy kind of way. Maybe and on I'm the like, spectrum, which is... Yeah, yeah. No, I kind of just, you know, like a nice guy, I love him. And he's extremely, extremely talented. And uh, so anyway, I left him, I left, my, I left him to drive with all the info and I went home, and my girlfriend knows that it's been taking forever. It was months and months and months to edit this thing. Yeah. And I go, I think this guy's going to have something for me by tomorrow. And she goes, what? <laughs> I go, yeah, I just, I think. Because because Tommy actually did gave me a cut. He gave me, it was more like an assembly cut yeah. than anything. Yeah. Um, so, so Jack, the editor, Jack Sherman, very talented guy. If you need an editor, hire him. Um, he... Gave me something together, and that—that's when, like, when I looked at the, you know, I for, when I looked at the cut, the the assembly cut, it was okay. It was just like, it, it, wow, I did I make anything. a boring film? Yeah, it yeah. just yeah. But then when I saw Jack's cut, I'm like, yes, like yeah. I was like, that's the direction. That's I go, it, yeah. that's the direction we want. And then we, and then he he was. Uh, I tried his patience because I was like, let's tweak this, let's tweak that, let's tweak this, let's tweak this. And there were a couple things we, you know, we would we wanted to fix later, and um. You know, there are times where, you know, you guys hand each other something and then it's in the wrong hand. And I'm like, fuck, how are we going to fix yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But luckily, I also know editing. And I, I would come up and, like, flip the image around 
trim this part and yeah, get, yeah. we'll get tighter. I'm like, all right, and it worked. I'm like, there you go. And then you know, and then he would come up with stuff, and I would do stuff. Um, and then on the punches, like when when he's beating you, we I, I removed frames from the punch, so so it looks real and it looks super fast. Yeah, it and does. It, hurt, it painful. And the way I learned that trick from from another project I did, and uh, what you do is you re you edit, you just remove frames. So all of a sudden, it just looks like a like a violent punch. And yeah. Really, it's not. It's just it's just you know it's it's slow punch, but it's it looks violent. And then you know we had the blood and you're spitting out the blood, so everything just looked perfect. So anyway, it looked great. It was, it was we finally got a good cut. And then and then you we did the you know we did a couple of we did our screening with the other people and then like you you mentioned something that like they go yeah i'm i'm kind of just my character looks like he's just driving not looking i'm like you're right because it's written like you're looking for stuff so i f i went back in i'm like jack do you mind if he <laughs> i mean of course you know i had to pay him again and everything but i'm like but he, but he but he was he was doing it great i mean he did it great and then we we trimmed some other stuff and then um thanks to you you know i was able to to get a colorist to color it because it's very difficult lighting a black and a white guy yeah together mm -hmm. you know um especially when you have a very harsh light and the harsh light was supposed to be that way because it's supposed to look like a street light right yeah or alley light whatever but i didn't want it to be as bright as it was but we had to have it bright but but then the shadows were really heavy and, yeah which were great but i didn't want them that heavy and and there's no way to do regular like use a lut if you use a lut it's, it's it'll work on some things and not others and then, yeah so so then um I had the opportunity to do uh, what's called Da Vinci for you guys. Want to, and that's how you all professionals use Da Vinci to color movies and f television. And uh, so I was able to do that, and it's so much better, prettier, yeah. it's cleaner. I was happy when I when I when I got it back. And then uh, that had a lot of issues too because we we didn't shoot it for that, or it, so we had to like resize the shots from because it was really shot in six K. Then it was brought down to to 1080 and then we had to bring it up to 4k wow. so we had to change sizes to everything and yeah. had a, um and then when you change sizes and you do certain things and you take it from one thing another program another program now the zooms aren't in there yeah and the uh, the the effects aren't there or the state and it was just like back and forth i'm like you fix this but now this is fucked up and it just <laughs> took forever and then I'm like, this is done. This is finally when it was locked. I'm like, it's fucking locked. Yeah, this, yeah. This is, I, it's, don't leave. And then me. I give you a note. How about hey, this, yeah, how Joe? About You're like, shut the fuck up. But I, I thought about the night, and I would think anytime you give me a note, like I, I, I worked some of them, but other ones I'm like, uh, like you know, the the thing about the, like the pictures, nothing I could do. I would have yeah. to literally, you get someone with After Effects to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like even the pictures, one of the things, like you know, you have your character has two kids, right? And you and because of the, the the way the picture was in the wallet, you don't see one of the kids where the wife is holding it. I'm like, ah, oh. but I know there's a kid there. You see his little arm, but that's about it. Yeah. But that's why also I go, okay, let me f by by let me. Originally, I had two inserts of each of the wallets, but then I, I cut it to one, so it's yeah. less obvious and less whatever. Yeah. Um, but uh, but uh, but it's fine. Like I, luckily, the, like the remarks you you know the worries that you had about the pictures, I I haven't heard it from anyone else. Oh okay. like, good. If I would have heard from other people, I would have gone, oh fuck, he's right, he's right, he's right. But <laughs> but, but it's because it's you, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I yeah, think yeah. you know. You, I know that's is Photoshop. You know, it's a, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. And, yeah. Um, but it's uh. And even if it is, even if the pictures do for some reason land funny, mm -hmm. and this is what a note I got from someone is like a little a little funny, like it's it's kind of good because they're like it's really fucking heavy. Yeah, and there's a little like, 
levity in this in these in these photos with and he, but even when you're lying when you know when he says when you finally when you know when you're talking to him and uh, eric's character and you're like well you know when i don't want to i thought if i called you the n-word and he goes n-word <laughs> n-word you gave me ten thousand niggas and now you call me the n-word you're like i don't want to be rude <laughs> and that's and that's the way like i wanted your characters to be laughing have a little rapport yeah. a little a little influence because there was no bad guy and no good if anything it's actually you're more the bad guy even though yeah. his character is the bad guy right yeah so but it's more like something that's it's it, you know and but you're you're not you both your cat both your characters are just doing whatever you have to do for your family man yeah and when you're desperate you don't think because people you don't think about people, what you're other wouldn't people. that guy know that i'm like no yeah. he's fucking desperate yeah he was planning to die that day now yeah. he's He's not going home. He knows he's got to die. He's not going home. So what do you think? He's planning shit? Like he's, he's thinking logically? Of course yeah, he's yeah, yeah. not, right? So um, so uh, I, I didn't buy that when someone brought that up. But it was a, a film person, like, a per, like you know, like logical. Like, no, <laughs> I teach at this yes. college. I'm like, yeah. no, it's, it's. Yeah. But but so many films you could you could go, come on, you know, or this. But but it, I love, I a lot of my films things could be different ways. Like, for instance, in Missing, that horror film I did, there's a lot of hints that they're cannibals, but yeah. they never say it, and you never see it. Yeah. But there's hints of it. You know, um, in another film I did, um, you know, there was other hints. And, I, and, like, in this film, there's other hints. Like, you don't know what happens to to Eric's character, right? You, yeah. You think maybe he gets away with it, maybe he doesn't. Because there's there's an argument for both both ways. Yeah, you know, you could say, oh well, he you know he was a felon. There's, there's fingerprints, there's DNA everywhere. I go, yeah, but if he's also a felon, he also knows how to get away with it. Yeah, yeah. And he didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, and if the bot is the shit hit the fan, everything that Eric would tell the police can be verified. Yeah, he was sick, he was dying, he took money out of the bank. Yeah, he was trying to find somebody to kill him. He has a wife, he has two kids. Da, da, da. His wife is pregnant. How would he know that? You know what I mean? There's so many ways that he yeah, would yeah. get away with it, even if he and did it's good. get people, in trouble. It's, it starts conversation afterwards yeah, yeah. too. And so I, what I was gonna do, and I thought of this too late, so I probably couldn't have done it. But I go, but then I'm going. No, I don't want to do it. It's too on the nose. Was is during the credits? I was gonna have like, like if you're here listening to the news, yeah, where you know, uh, white man Chad Miller was found da 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 uh please call it a homicide which gives you your character what it wanted yeah yeah and it goes um no suspects at this time Interesting, so yeah. then it'd be like oh okay he did get away with it yeah and i'm thinking that's too uh, i'm putting it too on the nose there you yeah know? yeah so i go fuck it no i want people to wonder yeah that's so, good i like you know? that listen so um first of all thanks for coming man this is Dude, awesome. for uh, me, man. we are uh going to be at the pasadena film festival yes, right? yes and how, how can people if people are listening they're in there how can they see it or yeah if you want to see the it. film which i would love for you to come see the film it's in pasadena at the lamar how's you how's it pronounced lamar 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 theater l-a-e lamar oh shit lemley lemley no. is lemley. it lemley oh lemley. my god i sound <laughs> such a sorry i sound like such an illiterate lemley theater um yeah, it's a Lemley Theater. It is on what's the date again? I see. Was it? It is the twelfth. It's, it's, it's Monday. It's Monday the whatever the Monday coming up is. Yeah. No, hold on. Do 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 do. This Monday, we're, we're so stupid as comics. We have no idea what the date it's is. It's the thirteenth. It's the Monday, the 13th. September thirteenth uh -huh. at six p.m. 
awesome. it's a Monday, and um, so yeah, it's you want to. It's a. It's our, not just our film. It's a bunch of other short films, so you get to see them. And there, I'm pretty sure we're doing a question and answer. So oh, you cool. Can, you can meet Eric. You can meet Bill. You can meet myself, and. Um, There'll be a question and answer oh, cool. for all the films there, so yeah. it's going to be fun. And uh, and please come out to support. But you get your ticket, get your tickets online because if you don't, it will sell out. Because yeah. that's what film festivals always do. So get your tickets now. As soon as you hear this, go online at uh, Lemley yes. and get your tickets. If you're in the Pasadena area, that's right. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming, Joy Mandina. I hope we get to work together again. Well, I'm sure we will, project. brother. I'm sure we will. Awesome, man. Have a good night. Bye.